Hey guys, my name is Avi. I am now recording my first episode ever of Fun Time Football Talks, and today I decided I was going to talk a little bit about my favorite team, the New York Giants. So, I've been a fan of the New York Giants for quite a while now, and pretty much since growing up, my father's always a New York Giants fan. He wasn't really a hardcore fan, but at the same time, it kind of took over once the uh, Super Bowl came up, and I was old enough to kind of, you know, watch the first game of Super Bowl, and Eli Manning, of course, was the quarterback of New York Giants. My thoughts on Eli Manning, for starters, are pretty simple. I like him as a player. You know, he may not wow you on the fact of the past six years he never had an offensive line or really didn't necessarily play well, according to what everyone loves screaming about. But that's one of the things of why I decided to make this podcast type of idea, is it keeps getting frustrating to me looking at a lot of the New York Giants fans posting about, like, oh, the Giants stink, and this, that, and the other thing is going wrong, and that Daniel Jones is playing terrible, and uh, Lance Carter is going bad, you know. At the end of the day, I kind of, I'm sick and tired of it. Like, come on. Number one, we all know that the Giants are starting a rebuild. So if you're going to start a rebuild, you can't just sit there and scream like, oh, the Giants need to play well, etc. Yes, would I love to win? Yes, of course. I would love to see the Giants win. I'm sick and tired of watching them lose. Yes, 2016 was an anomaly, which seemed to work out very well for Ben McAdoo at the time. And the following year, they kind of flopped. But... Let's be honest. They didn't really change that many players over this uh, free agency. Yes, they got James Bradbury, who looks to be playing very well, Blake Martinez, Kyle Frackwell. It looks like, you know, at some point it could pan out and really be a good team. But for the time being, the offensive line is brand new. Andrew Thomas may have just gotten injured, which means that if he doesn't come back for a good, you know, two to three games, the likelihood is they still are going to have to reforge the offensive line. And who says Matt Pierre is going to be able to do well right now? Nothing against the guy, but at the same time, it's a big transition. And from what everyone loves to say about third round picks, it's not always the easiest transition to come in and, you know, be a starting tackle. Now, that being said, if we look at the past 60 years of the offensive line of the Giants, we've gone through many different players, and quite frankly, they haven't held up. And that was one of the issues I had with Eli Manning's ending of his career. Not that he's a bad player. In fact, I love Eli Manning for his starters, and he's one of my favorite players of all time. But he did not have a line to work with. And I think the same is going to be true about Daniel Jones. You know, Daniel Jones is a good player, and I think he could play very well. And I had a conversation with a friend last night about what our thoughts are on Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones. And quite frankly, I think both of them could be quarterbacks for any franchise that actually has a team. I'm not saying the Jets don't have a team. I'm not saying the Giants don't have a team. I'm just saying that when you're looking at the offensive line, it's not there yet. It's not ready to perform at the peak of what needs to be done in order for the team to successfully win. This is not a knock on Joe Judge. This is not a knock on the offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators that are playing for the teams. But at the same time, if you cannot give them time to develop, you're not going to be able to you know, see continual success later on. Now, another point I want to make about the offensive line, which I think is critical that everyone seems to forget, is you are playing three new starters on the offensive line. Hernandez played well. Granted, he's not necessarily playing you know, at the peak of his rookie year where he barely committed any penalties, but he's been playing consistently. If you look at uh, Zeitler, the right guard, He's also playing very well. But then you have Nick Gates, who is a great player, and I really liked him on the tackle spots last year and guards, etc. He plays very well. 
but he needs time to develop as a center. Yes, at this point, it is October 1st. Have we seen enough that says, okay, you know, Nick Gates can actually be the center-based NFL team? I don't know, but he needs time to get there. He played very well in guard and played well at tackle. Even if he doesn't end up being the starting center and we end up going with a guy like Shane Lemieux, you know, at some point you have to give them time to get into position. Why am I saying that? Well, for starters, look who the Giants faced at the first game of the season. It was the Steelers. The Steelers have been a consistently good team for years now. Yes, okay, people had questions about Ben Roethlisberger coming back you know, from injury last year. But he came back, and he played well. On top of that, the Steelers have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And when you're playing against one of those, and a line has never had any preseason games to prepare, and has never been able to, you know, actually be one unit on the field for an actual game circumstances, aside from practice squad time, you know, during the offseason when everyone's ramping up towards uh, the actual season. But it makes a big difference in the NFL. And I think that's one of the problems with not having preseason games. You're not giving the rookies time to acclimate to the speed of the NFL. And especially at dire positions, which are absolutely critical for a quarterback's success and even a running back's success, you need to have the offensive line game time. You know, if you're playing against the same players left and right, you're not going to be able to really assess what you have. So to me, as a fan of the New York Giants, I'm really looking at the offensive line now as kind of like, okay, that was preseason game one against one of the better teams in the NFL if not one of the best teams in the NFL right now, the Steelers. The defense for the Chicago Bears are also pretty good. A lot of people may say they're better than average, but there are times where they play very well, and there are times where, you know, they're about average in the NFL. You can scream at me and say, that, oh, yeah, they're one of the better teams, but that's not the point of this conversation. The point of the conversation is really kind of looking at the New York Giants, who everyone loves screaming at, that they're 0-3, Daniel Jones is not playing well, etc. You know, if I'm looking at the way Daniel Jones is playing, I honestly see a quarterback who's trying to pretty much fight for his career. And he's trying to do much more than he should have to. He does not have a wide receiver's court that has amazing players. That across the board, you know, teams are going to be game planning against. The only one I can think of that at this point in his career may be somebody coming into the point where he may be that number one wide receiver is Darius Slayton. And he was a shocker last year for most people when he was coming out of the fifth round. But he played exceedingly well as a rookie. I believe he had eight touchdowns last year. At the same time, that's one wide receiver. Sterling Shepard keeps getting injured. Golden Tate gets injured on and off the field. You know, at a certain point, you're not going to have wide receivers that are consistently good. Now, I will argue, one of the things that I'm kind of upset about the Giants having done is releasing Leaks, the uh, running back that was on the undrafted uh, free agent, I believe, and he was signed to the Giants and then was recently, well, not really recently, but at the beginning of uh, kind of practice towards the beginning of the season, he was released. I think it was a mistake because he was playing very well from what I saw, but again, I'm not Joe Judge. I'm not the, you know, the people in charge of a team making those decisions, but at the same time, 
it does make a difference when you're playing older players who are, I would say, over the peak of their career, kind of on a decline. And it makes a difference. And when your line is not a, you know, line that's been playing around for, you know, two to three years in the NFL, and I really think that the rookies need time to gel. You need at least, you know, two solid years of starting to really assess what you have in a guard. Now, I'm not saying you want to have an Eric Flower situation. He's playing well at guard last year, maybe this year as well. I haven't really kept track on him. I think he was on Washington at one point at playing at guard. I have no idea where he is now. But you need to be able to say to a rookie, especially Peart, who's a third rounder, and yes, sometimes third rounders really end up, you know, playing well. And the Giants have a history of having some really good offensive linemen that come out in the third round. But you need to give them time to develop, especially when three-fifths of your offensive line is brand new. Now, you can say, oh, but the fault of the quarterback, he's throwing a lot of interceptions and there's some bad plays. Yes, there are always some bad plays. Aaron Rodgers had some bad plays in his early career. Eli Manning had some terrible plays in his early career, too. You can go through Ben Roethlisberger. You know, there's so many quarterbacks out there that you would consider amazing quarterbacks. They just need time to develop. No quarterback is going to be throwing zero interceptions in his career, you know, over any season across the board. And if they do, arguably, I would say either they had a really good offensive line and wide receivers playing galore, playing at the elite level. Or they're just that good, which I have yet to see one. Now, another thing my friend mentioned to me yesterday is like, oh, so what happens now? Like, what are we looking at for the New York Giants and Jets? You know, for New York Giants, it's 0-3. As a fan, I'm upset. Like, honestly, just upset. But everyone's calling for everyone's head. You want to say Dave Gettleman drafted terribly? Fine, I can hear that. And you know what? I'm not my ropes on that, too. I'm arguably... Now changing my opinion, which was originally saying you need time to really fix what Jerry Reese has done. But I'm looking back at it now and saying it's been three years and there's barely any players, if at all, from Jerry Reese's era, except for maybe Evan Ingram, I think, at this point, who is still on the New York Giants from then. And he's a good player. The problem with Evan Ingram, and I think they should have traded him, in my opinion, not because he's a bad player, but because he's injury prone, which is my other issue with a lot of these wide receivers on the Giants. Everybody has seemed to be injury prone. And if you have a team that's full of injuries... You cannot physically create a sustainable winning team if your team is constantly getting injured. And for those of you who think that that's completely possible, I have yet to see it once. What was it? Uh, I think it was Evan Ingram's rookie year. He was playing amazing, but the whole wide receiving score was down. And quite frankly, the offensive line was terrible. And Eli Manning still played well, but everyone was screaming for his head, saying Eli Manning should be benched, Eli should be this, Eli was doing that. He was playing well, but he had nobody to work with. And that's the same issue that Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones have. Now, you want to say you don't like Sam Darnold in the Jets system? Okay, fine. You want to say that he's not playing well? Fine. But sometimes it's who do you have to work with? And my friend said to me, you know what? He wants the Jets to have the number one pick overall. You know, it's great. I would like the Giants to have the number one pick, too. But honestly, I don't want the number one pick. The Giants have had the top ten picks, you know, the past couple years in the top ten. For Daniel Jones, they got him at number six. 
I've had plenty of time watching them pick in the lower end of the bracket. Saquon Barkley was number two overall pick. It's enough. You know, I'd rather see them win. And I'm sure the rest of New York and New Jersey really want to see them win too. But at the same time, you need to have players who are consistently on the field. Now, would I love to have a guy like Chase Young? Yes, I would have loved to have a guy like Chase Young. And yes, Giants fans can be very upset about them winning Washington last year, and therefore it cost them Chase Young. At the end of the day, they don't have Chase Young. At the end of the day, I can also argue, you know, my personal pick that the Giants should have taken at number four was Isaiah Simmons. I did like him as a player. I do think that um, playing with offensive linemen is a bit tricky, and I honestly don't want to see another Eric Flowers situation, which I'm not seeing Andrew Thomas is. I think he was playing pretty well the first two games of the season, and against the 49ers, it was a little bit, you know, questionable. But at the same time, I think Simmons was the better pick for a defense that, in my opinion right now, is actually playing much better than I anticipated them playing because of the play last year. And honestly, I would like to give credit to Patrick Graham and Joe Judge for that, because I think myself and many other you know, New York fans and possibly analysts, etc., were looking at the New York Giants and saying their defense really hasn't changed. Yes, they got some new players like uh, Xavier McKinney, who's uh, currently injured, I believe, and out for the season. I do think it was a mistake to get rid of Ryan Connolly. Yes, I do think that they were doing it, that there was some probable medical issues still there that hasn't really changed, and they were kind of scared, you know, should we keep him on the team or not? I think they should have just put him on the IR because I think he was that good of a player last year. Yes, he was only a small sample size, I think two to three games because he got injured in the Washington Redskins game last year. The first one, that is. But that makes a difference. When you have players that are playing productively, I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about production. Production value needs to be on the field. You can have the most talent in the world, but if you go against a good defense, like, say, for example, Saquon Barkley against the Steelers, you can have immense talent like Barkley does and still not put production on that field, which I think is one of the views that my friend has been talking to me about, Joe Douglas, the GM of the New York Jets. His view is not necessarily about talent. It's more, what is your production going to be? Where is your ceiling? You know, is your ceiling going to be a high ceiling? And is your floor high enough that I will see consistency? Which I think is what the Giants were trying to get, especially with Andrew Thomas when they were looking at him. He was considered the arguably the most pro-ready NFL tackle coming out of college that year. I'm not saying that he was starting too quickly, which might have been true, but you know, I didn't like the way Nate Solder was playing. Nothing against him, but there were a lot of pressures coming on Eli Manning and Daniel Jones last year and the year before that for UI, etc. I think it was time to get rid of Nate Silver. Now, to be fair, I will say this, and a lot of people can get mad at me for this, Nate Solder was signed at the time when Dave Gettleman first came in to a slightly more expensive contract than I would have liked, but at the same time, you have to remember what type of year he was coming off of. He was coming off of a really good year at the time, and in order to secure a good tackle, they went for it, and they said, you know what, let's pay him to secure him. After that, you can't necessarily expect that the year is going to get any better. Yes, you would love to see that he's going to be, you know, the pro bowler coming through in the past three years having done so. But that's not the case. And you can't always expect that. Not every free agent signing is going to work out. 
I do think James Bradbury is going to be working out for the Giants this year. I do like the way he's playing. I do think he's a great cornerback. I did think so when he was signed. My friend, quite frankly, didn't agree with me. I think he would have rather some other signings and would have said they would be better as cornerbacks for as cornerback one. You know, they don't always work out, but at the same time, you got to give credit where credit's due. And you also have to, you know, be patient. And I think that's the biggest key for this season with the New York Giants. Gabe Gettleman, based on where things are going, I don't think it's going to last another season with the Giants. Maybe he gets fired mid-year, maybe he doesn't. I have no idea. I, I can't tell you that. I'm not in any of the inner workings. I'm just a fan, you know, looking in from the outside, just watching things happen. But I do think it's too early to call quits on Daniel Jones. I do think it's a mistake to get rid of Daniel Jones. Do I have questions about maybe trading Barkley? Yes, I have concerns maybe we should trade Barkley. And it's not about, you know, Barkley's talent is irreplaceable. It is. It's very much irreplaceable, especially if he's going to end up being very close to Barry Sanders like it was during his rookie year. But I haven't seen that last year, even though he tried his best. But he did get injured, and it was noticeable for the time that he was off the field. But at the same time, when he did come back onto the field, eventually, like over the course of five games, he eventually got back to himself. But it made such a difference, and it was crazy. But that being said, as great as Saquon Barkley is, I don't think we're going to be able to utilize him in his prime to the point where the Giants are going to be a playoff caliber team unless something changes over this season that sees the progress going that way. And on top of that, Barkley coming back from his ACL tier in a much better shape like Adrian Peterson came off as. So I don't think Danny Jones is worth trading. I don't think Sam Donald's worth trading, so I'm going to go over to the Jets now and talk about him. The same thing. I think he doesn't have, you know, the best offensive line. I think it's getting better. I think it is better than the Giants in some ways. I think they are playing well. I think Beckton is playing phenomenally for what people were considering him to be. McGovern, I believe, is the center for the Jets as well. He was a very good signing for the way you know, his contract is. He was not being overly paid. He's being paid normally in a way to say hopefully he produces, which looks like is what it's doing right now. And if he's going to be producing, then who cares? As long as your line is going to you know, be in the average to above average of the league is where you want to get it to. But every single line that's not coming back for a third, fourth, fifth year together makes that much of a difference. You need to give them time, especially when you look at the Giants and you see three of them as rookies. And yes, they're talking about potentially adding Shane Lemieux at some point. You're going to have to give him time too. I'm not saying that the team should be bad. I'm saying that you can't have expectations that are through the roof, despite the fact that we have not made the playoffs since 2016. And despite the fact that we haven't won a Super Bowl since the 2010-11 season. The one where Eli Manning threw that ridiculous catch to uh, Manningham. You know, <laughs> am I fed up as a Giants fan? Yes. Do I want to see the losing stop? 100%. But you can't expect the losing to stop just because a new head coach comes in. 
was it a mistake to keep Gettleman on? Probably. Not that he's a bad talent evaluator. But as a general manager, I don't think he should have been kept around. I think, like my friend mentioned to me last night, if you're going to get a new head coach, unless the GM is like Bill Belichick, who really knows how to you know get players going from later rounds and trade down every single time and still manage to get so much production out of his players, you need to let the GM go and bring in somebody new, not somebody from the family tree, but try to bring in new ideas into the organization. The Giants, from what I'm seeing still, have been going from the organization, you know, taking people from the family tree that they're familiar with, but I don't think that is going to help them infuse new ideas. I'm not saying to make Joe Judge, who I do like, by the way, I do like the way he talks and explains things, and from what I see, really explains how football should work and how it should look and how, you know, if you ever watch Joe Judge show, please watch it. It gives you an idea of what exactly he's looking for in a team and seeing what his team's supposed to do and what they should be doing. But at the same time, you need to have a general manager that's on the same page as the head coach, but more importantly, understands the negotiation process, trade value, and evaluation process of players for both college and the NFL level. Because those are three critical skills to be able to get the most out of your team. And if you can't do that over the course of three years, yes, it's rebuilding mode. And yes, you know, sometimes you can say Jerry Reese has messed him over that bad that you need time to fix. But at this point, they should have at least been more competitive. Not necessarily winning, but more competitive, which is one of the things that I did like about the first two games of the season. That defense that Joe Judge put on the field did surprise me. There is a pass rush there that I see. They are getting sacks. Yes, it's by committee, but he said that, if anyone remembers from his press conferences way back, we're going to put constant rotation in, adding, you know, keeping people fresh and hoping that we can generate pass rush from that. And they're doing that. And against the Steelers, they played very well. Okay, you want to say that there are mistakes made here and there. There are always mistakes made, but that's what the preseason initially is for, to try to iron out those kinks when you're starting in a new system. And any quarterback who's coming into a new system is never going to have it perfectly. Tom Brady did not have it perfectly in the first game against the Saints. But Tom Brady was playing very well for the past 20 years. Yes, he was playing 20 years in the same system practically. He was with Bill Belichick for his whole career. Now he's in learning a whole new system with Bruce Arians. You have to give him time too. Now, my opinion on Tom Brady is great player, but I question if he's on the decline. And that's it. Same with Drew Brees. I love Drew Brees, but is he on the decline? So therefore, if you're going to scream at Daniel Jones for being you know, too uh, pass-happy, Give him time to iron out the kinks. He's learning a new system. He's also trying to do a lot more than he should. And that takes time to learn. He's, for all intents and purposes, a rookie in the new system. People who come in, like Lamar Jackson, played very well in his first year. But he also wasn't necessarily the starting quarterback right away. 
he had time behind, you know, Joe Flacco. Okay, so you want to say Daniel Jones was behind Eli Manning for a couple games. Yeah, but it's a different thing when you have an offensive line, which is what the Ravens have. You can't expect the same thing out of a team that doesn't have an offensive line that's ready, you know, ready to go. Andrew Luck did not have an offensive line. Sam Donald does not have an offensive line. Josh Rosen, who I do like as a player, a quarterback for you know, when he was first drafted by the Cardinals, he did not have an offensive line. And you can't expect him to play well. If anything, I'm going to say that uh, Daniel Jones is in a similar situation as Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen was when Josh Rosen was in Arizona. I do think that Josh Rosen was given the short end of a stick back in uh, Miami. I think he's a better quarterback than people give him credit for. Yes, he's old-style quarterback, more like an Eli Manning type of quarterback where you're sitting in the pocket. But you can win with those. Anyhow, at the end of the day, just going to reiterate one last point. Give the Giants time. You're not going to be able to get a team that's going to end up you know, winning four or five, six games starting off the bat, especially when you have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL. I believe that the Giants were rated second to the Jets, I think, in terms of the toughest schedule in the NFL. And it makes a difference. Especially when you're a new team, and especially when there's COVID, you know, that took away the preseason games. The preseason games make that much of a difference. There were players that probably wouldn't have been released if they saw production from them during preseason games. Players like Victor Cruz made the team because they showed production during preseason. And that makes all the difference to building a team. And they didn't have that this year for any team in the NFL. So... Give the Giants time. Let's see how it goes for the next five games. After that, if the Lions still playing terrible, then there's something to talk about. But give Mark Wumbo time. He built up the Cowboys' offensive line. Give him time to build this line. This is a line mostly of rookies. Potentially, it's going to be four-fifths of it as practically rookies from this year's draft with uh, Nick Gates and Will Hernandez. Nick Gates, for all intents and purposes, in my opinion, is a rookie at the center position. He needs time to develop. Thomas needs time to develop into left tackle. Peart needs time to develop into the right tackle that we want. Or Fleming. Give them time. It makes that much of a difference when you're a team that knows each other's calls, knows the signals, knows everything, and you're not learning it on the fly, and you really have it you know, ingrained in your system. Like, okay, I need to do, you know, sliding left for whatever this move here is going on. I call that out from the center. It makes that much of a difference. And if Daniel Jones is, you know, he looks like he's playing better on holding the ball. He is making some mistakes, but that's normal in the new system. He also needs time to let the plays develop. I believe Sterling Shepard was injured again and out, I think, for the next two weeks as well, including this game. You gotta give them time. You know, as much as we all want them to win, they're practically a rookie team. Last year, they were arguably one of the youngest teams in the football league. Give them time. Let's see what they can make out of them. Give Joe Judge time. Don't rush him. Don't say for his call for his head the second you know this season's over. They may go 0 16. 
But look at the games. Look if they're close games. If they are close games, especially on one of the most difficult schedules, then you can tell me that if they're close games, see how they're playing. Are they playing well? If they are, great. If they're playing horrendous and the other team's playing horrendous too, then you can say maybe we need something different. Maybe they're not the coach for we need for this team. But give the Giants time. That's all I had to say. And thank you for watching the first episode of Fun Time Football Talk. Have a great night, guys.